Welcome to another episode of HP Critical, a podcast where my friends and I talk all things gaming. I am Jarrell, and I am joined by Kelly and Brandon. Yeah! <laughs> You're saying hi by now. I'm so sorry. That is, wow. I promise that I am not... Uh, never mind. Um, <laughs> yeah, so let's let's go ahead and get started. So last week we played Kirby's uh, Dream Cafe. Is that what it's oh, called? Dream Buffet, sir. Uh, Kirby's Dream Buffet. Last week, last week we came, we played Kirby's Dream Buffet as a nice little uh, launch uh, introduction. It was uh, the three of us actually. Um, I would start by asking you guys how you liked it. So yeah, how did you guys like it? Oh, it's super fun. It's it's very it's a very cute game. Like it's not overly ambitious, but for its price, it, I, I guess it shouldn't be either. But no, like you could jump into a few matches, have like a good time going to whatever random stage they're put out, put out for you. And you unlock stuff pretty quick, so you get all these little cool, um, cute costumes. Well, not costumes. Yeah, costumes. Like cute little hats for Kirby, different colors. It's 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 a it's a cute, fun time with friends, I feel. Uh, so me and my boyfriend went to eat, like, before the podcast, you know, and we were walking in the door. He was, like, laughing because last week he could hear me in here when we were playing. And he was like, <laughs> he was like I could tell you were having fun because your southern accent was coming out. And I was like, oh my gosh. I was telling him, I was like, oh my god, we have to play. Like, I want to play Kirby's Dream Buffet with him because I think, can you play it, like, multiplayer? Like, on... Yeah, you can do local. Okay, cool. Oh, look, up, look up to two Local. People. Yeah, so, like, I was like, we should play it because it's so much fun. I was telling him about, like, all the different um, stages and everything. So, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I, like, what? what I, like, dominated? Oh, yeah, that's right. Just yeah, kidding. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, near the end, she was, she was out the here end. destroying okay, people. Okay, like... <laughs> We had some time in the beginning where we were able to, you know, put in some matches, but you did dominate at the end. That's how I hustle folks. I let them, I let them get comfortable, and then I just. Mm -hmm. I was out here. I was out here warning people in our recent Mario Kart session. I was like, "Yo, don't underestimate Kelly. She is a killer, and she was out here killing people." You're warning people. Yeah. Yes, warning people. I did not hear the word warning. (laughs) I was like, "What?" Uh, so yeah, yeah, let's hop into some news. I'm gonna try not to do anything from Gamescom because it's just way too much, and we have not that much time. Uh, yeah. So yeah, if you want to find out about anything at Gamescom, like literally go anywhere else. <laughs> so you can, like, you can find it literally all over the internet. Oh god, You're this probably is probably not gonna do most of it. What did I? D- whatever. No, anyway, honestly, so I'm, I'm just. This podcast is already starting unhinged, and I'm here <laughs> for it. <laughs> Like, you know, it's, let's go. We're, well, it's well, it's well, live. Well, let's go, y'all. Welcome, welcome to Unhinged per podcast. See, I'm even unhinged. I'm trying to make up something that doesn't work. Darn it. So, uh, Amaranth, the streamer, has revealed that she made $33 million uh, selling nudes. Um, she's published her pay slips uh, recently for anyone who didn't believe her. Um, she's a, a pretty famous Twitch streamer. Yeah, $33 million by selling nudes on the OnlyFans platform. Um, she's been open about this in the past, about how much money she makes, and but she's never actually published her pay slips until now. Um, she's currently among the most watched female streamers on any platform. Um, unfortunately, she's been frequently the subject of controversy, suffering numerous bans and suspensions during her time on Twitch. Um, she's previous no- previously noted that switching to OnlyFans was a matter of empowerment, describing the platform as a much safer environment than Twitch. Uh, and she added that you get a well compensated for it. It feels like you're taking the power back rather than being a victim. 
Quote, I see it as the route with the least friction for monetization, she explained. The stigma issue with it being OnlyFans wasn't really too big a factor. As a streamer, even before OnlyFans, I was subject to a lot worse. Um, she recently founded her own e-girl agency called It's Real Work to support all the women who are interested in us helping them to streamline, optimize, and help provide assistance, editors, etc. for their content creation and fansite businesses. Um... Yeah, that is from thegamer.com, written by Justin Reeve, which I uh, paraphrase a little bit. Um, my question for you guys is, why do we not have OnlyFans, and why are we not making this type of money? Why are we still on Twitch? Jarrell, why are you pretending like your OnlyFans doesn't exist? You constantly are out here trying to purport that this doesn't exist, when in fact it exists because apparently Gabe has the receipts. Well, the problem is, I can't promote my own OnlyFans on this channel because this is my like business account oh yes the business account yeah <laughs> gabe has seen what? some of them business pictures as well i've seen some of gabe's business pictures he also has and, um, <laughs> yeah uh we are both over the age of 18 everything was consensual it's fine um and i just <laughs> never mind uh, <laughs> anyway uh what do you guys think about uh amaranth and her 33 million dollar pay slips hey I'm, I'm, i like that hustle you know what I'm good good for her 33 million that's that's a lot of money honestly for something that she's feels good about like you know like she uh she says she feels empowered about it like i feel empowered with 33 million too but i'm sure it's i'm sure it's beyond just the money as well i'm sure like you know like she said she's taking the power for herself you know it good on good on her that she can just um get the money her way basically i don't think it's beyond the money like what it's mainly the money for yeah sure. okay like, let, let me let me let me rephrase a... that i think it's only beyond the money because you're making 33 million dollars yeah sure. so of course yeah. now it's like you don't have anything to worry about like yeah i'm making 33 million dollars so of course it's beyond i'm gonna say it's beyond the money because i'm making so much money that it doesn't matter sure but good on her like i'm not being a hater yeah. like this is amazing yeah I'm sorry, Kelly, I cut you off. No, I just, yeah, I think it's mostly, like, you're using something that people kind of, like, judge you for. Like, people say horrible things to you on Twitch about how, whatever. I mean, like, if you've ever been on Twitch, you know that people just say horrible shit. And so you're saying, like, basically, well, this body is making me all this money, so you can call me a titty streamer all you want. I'm streaming my titties and I'm getting fucking paid. So, you know, I mean, I, I don't know. It is a way to kind of like take back that power. Like you can objectify me, but just know people are paying me to see this. So, you know, do with that what you hey, will. And they're paying me, possibly, I might add. Yeah. That is a lot of money. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just going to the business like full force. I will literally do... So I will actually move on to the next story. Um, so Twitch has uh, some major news for their partners. Um, they've now removed some exclusivity clauses so that streamers can stream on other platforms. This sounds uh, pretty good. Uh, however, um, they're still forbidding simultaneously uh, streaming to direct competitors like YouTube and Facebook, but you can simulcast your Twitch live streams on services like TikTok and IG Live. Um, you, can now stream, you can now stream on Facebook and YouTube, just not at the same time as Twitch. Um, those are the big takeaways uh, from that. Um, yeah, so content creators, thoughts on this one? Uh, um, 
Well, let I mean, me we're, go ahead. I don't know. First. So it doesn't really change much for affiliates, which we are. Like, yeah. I'm an affiliate. We're not even. No offense, we're not close to partner at all. So nothing really changes for us, but it's it's pretty big for partners because they were really like shackled to Twitch. Just and it was almost like like okay, affiliates have more freedom to stream on other sites. They're the lower mm-hmm. tier. The partners should have always had more avenues that they were able to create content on. So this is this is opening a lot of doors for them. Like it doesn't like affect us really. Um and it probably never will, uh, to be honest. But like, I'm just saying, it won't affect us for a while. But uh, so, like, it's really a big deal for partners, and I think that it's very, um, it's a good change because they've been facing a lot of backlash about all kinds of like ad revenue things and TwitchCon and everything. So this is a step, I think, like, kind of in the right direction for them. Well, my take on this is, uh, first off, I pretty much agree with everything Kelly says, but I also want to, like, touch on something. Um, it does suck that, you like, you can't go on to, like, the direct competitors, which I guess that makes sense, you know, that you can't go on, like, Facebook and YouTube for your stuff. As far as I, I Instagram and TikTok, the question I, ha- I have to ask myself, is there even, like, a, bit, a big audience for people to watch, like, gaming-related content on those platforms? And I don't really think there is. Yes, no, you're wrong. There is. Really? <laughs> yes, 100%. Yes. Well, this is great. Like, I, I legitimately had no idea. I, lit- I literally didn't know that people were, like, obviously I know that people stream on TikTok and, and Instagram, like, you know, if they're, like, whatever they happen to be. I just didn't realize that gaming videos was, like, a thing that people went to those platform sites for. Well, that's really cool. All right. I'm, I'm, that's awesome. The other thing I was going to say, though, is, like, even this this podcast that you are watching right now, I think that'd be great to like simultaneously stream to like uh, Instagram and TikTok. Like that is some prime content right there, since it's literally us talking about like uh, the news of the week. I think that's uh, that, that's that particular is what excites me about this news. All right. Well, I'm um, moving on. Xbox head Phil Spencer believes that we'll see less and less exclusives over time. This is from uh, GameInformer.com by one of our fam- famously familiar. Game Informer writers, Wesley, who hopefully yeah. will be back. Oh my gosh. Time. I randomly have this magazine. Oh, Let's go. <laughs> but that. I. Yes. Yeah. I was showing my boyfriend this game. I was like, I know him. We've been on the podcast. I know him. Like the, like the elf thing. Anyways. I know him. I know him. <laughs> I know him. Yes. Um. Yeah, so you wrote this wonderful article about uh, Xbox head Phil Spencer, who believes we'll see less and less exclusive over time. Uh, Microsoft Chief Executive Officer of Gaming and Xbox head Phil Spencer believes that games exclusive to a single console will become something we see less over time. This news comes from an interview with Spencer from Bloomberg discussing Microsoft's in-the-process acquisition of Activision Blizzard, the landscape of console exclusivity, and more. He believes that this is a good thing for the gaming industry in the long run. Quote, it's something we're just going to see less and less of. Uh, maybe you happen in your household to buy an Xbox and I buy a PlayStation and our kids want to play together and they can't because we bought the wrong piece of plastic to plug into our uh, television. We really love being able to bring more players in reducing friction, making people feel safe, secure when they're playing, allowing them to play with their friends regardless of what device. I think in the long run that is good for this industry and maybe in the short run there's some people in some companies that don't love it. But I think as we get over the hump and we see where this industry can continue to grow, it proves out to be true. 
Um, Bloomberg asked Spencer about the status of Microsoft Activision Blizzard's acquisition, uh, how the company will handle unions and ongoing unionization efforts happening within Activision Blizzard and more. Um, and you can check out the whole thing at Bloomberg. Thanks, Leslie, for that. Um, how are we feeling about this? Hmm. So this I is think... a... Go ahead, Kelly, because I'm kind of formulating my thoughts here. Okay, yeah. I mean, I have said this before. If you want to sell more games, don't make exclusives. Like, I have always, like, kind of been on the side of, like, if you want to sell your game to the largest market, just have everybody be able to play it. And I, I pretty much stand by that. I mean, I like exclusives, and I think that some things should remain that, that way. Like, certain franchises like uh, Halo and things like that, I mean, they're going to probably remain exclusives forever. But, like, I mean, could they have people on PlayStation playing it? Probably. And that would be, like... They'd just be selling more copies of their games. Like, I don't know. I don't see why it would be a problem, though. If you want to sell consoles, that'd be the only thing. But, I mean, do games really sell consoles anymore? I think it's just what you can... But I think it's just what you can get your hands on at this point. Like, consoles are still pretty hard to come by. Um, And, like, if you had a choice... Like, I got a PS5 because one was available and I bought it. Like, I would have gotten an Xbox if that was what was available. You know, so Such games. A strange thing yeah. to say, Kelly. What do you mean? Because Xboxes are way more available than PlayStation. They're products. more available now, but every time I tried to get one, they I were couldn't. Always more available. I never was able to get one. That's crazy. But then I kind of gave up, and then David actually got me the PS5. Because, like, literally, Xboxes have been available, or at least in my experience, they've been much more available uh, than PS5s. Well, I mean, I've seen the Series S a lot, but the X yeah. was harder to come by. I've seen a Series oh, yeah, S. Oh, sure. yeah, the, the other day I saw one, like, in person at, like, a pawn shop. I was like, damn, okay. <laughs> like, they just got them at the pawn shop. They got them everywhere now. Yeah, for real. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, I, you're 100% correct. Like, I, I don't disagree with you there because um, they were harder to find the Series X. However, um, I like if I, I mentioned in chat, like, maybe months ago at this point, I literally walked in the Best Buy and they had, like, 10 just waiting for people to pick up. No PlayStation 5s, but they had, like, 10 Xbox Series Xs just sitting at the front. And I, I actually ended up getting one for Dylan. Um uh, right, right, HP critical for people who don't know. Um, so yeah, they've been, in my experience, just much easier to get than uh, PS5s. Sure, I believe that. Uh, but I'll say about this news that the only reason that Phil Spencer can say something like this is because Xbox is not trying to sell consoles. Mm-hmm. They're trying to sell things like uh, Game Pass to us and the subscription services and ways to play your game on like uh, your Samsung TV without even ha- like. If you are going into a process where people can just play games on their Samsung TV without having a console, of course you're going to say nobody needs exclusives because y'all aren't in the game to sell these consoles, whereas Nintendo and PlayStation are. That's why they have all these exclusives. You're not going to see Mario, any Mario games on an Xbox. You might see collaborations, but you're not going to see any Mario games on an Xbox. Because if you do, if they put Pokemon on Xbox, why would anybody have to go buy the Switch? That just doesn't make any sense. <laughs> you know, if they put, uh, even even looking at something like, uh, 
Final Fantasy VII Remake and Final Fantasy XVI, uh, those have been, um, you know, some people have been very upset because they've been stuck at not being able to play these games uh, because they're locked to a console. But, I mean, there are still people that are going to try to get their hands on a PS5 to be able to continue these journeys in Final Fantasy. Like, JRPGs are huge. Um, and that's just, you know, that's just one example. You know, we've talked about Call of Duty being... Uh, uh, console pushers before as well. Um, we'll see what happens with uh, Activision Blizzard. Um, but yeah, all I'm going to say is Phil Spencer can say this because they're not trying to sell Xboxes. Like, Xboxes are not the thing right now that people are buying. And that's not me taking a dig. It's just like, that's how it is. People are buying Switches. People are still trying to get PS5s. If you want an Xbox, you've already got one most likely. Um, they're easier to find at this moment. People are, they're hopefully going to increase production on PlayStations throughout this year and for the holiday. So hopefully that'll get easier for people. But I think you can say things like this when you're not trying to sell consoles through exclusives. Mm-hmm. Brandon? Um, hearing the statement and hearing what you have, have both said on the subject... I'm kind of of two minds about it because I, I agree with everything that's been said so far, but yeah, you're right. It's like if you're not if you're if you're if your goal is not to sell the console itself but to sell Game Pass, then you are of course in a position to say that. But I do think there's also a, a, a kernel of truth in there too because I do think going forward there's going to be a lot more third party games that are just not exclusive. There's already a lot of third party games. Like you can play the latest Call of Duty on any system you choose. You can play whatever sports game on any system you choose. Overwatch. There's just more and more games coming out these days that are multi platform, and I do think that's just going to keep going forward. That I don't I don't think this exclusivity that uh, has stayed with the industry like from for many for decades now is just going to slowly go away. Now. That said, of course, Nintendo is going to hang on to their exclusives to, to, to dear life, and same with Sony. So I don't think that's really going to change, and I think that's a you know an incentive for them to for people to keep buying whatever the next Nintendo console is, whatever the next Sony console may end up being to get those exclusives. Whereas Xbox is going to be more just like if you're trying to get to something like a Game Pass and maybe games that are just easier to play on Xbox. Or maybe you're just trying to get the most optimized for it because, you know, Series X is like the most powerful of the three, even if it doesn't have any exclusives for it. Um, so I think he... So yeah, he, he's definitely in a position to say that because that's not what he's trying to do, sell consoles. But I also think there's truth in it. I do, I do think going forward, there's just going to be a lot less uh, exclusivity going forward, especially on the Microsoft side. I don't think... I just don't think that's their goal anymore. It hasn't been for a while, quite frankly. That's also not true because they literally said they were trying to do more exclusives, which is why they bought all these studios. Yeah, they say that. They say that. And that, that would track with like them making those purchases to, to begin with. They no, it, it wouldn't even do that because we got one. In 2022, and it was as Dusk Falls after Halo Infinite from last year. So it wouldn't yeah. even do that. This, that tracks more with we're not making exclusives, actually, than it does with we bought all these companies to make exclusives. And then, if you want this to be true, what do you do? You buy Activision Blizzard, and then you never make any of the games exclusive. Yeah, and then you prove your point that way. You buy up all the studios and then make them make games for everybody. But like even, even factually, there aren't... Very and there really haven't been very many exclusives. Like when you think about it, like no. we don't have like I don't think gaming has like tons of exclusives anyway. So like you know, PlayStation has a handful. They come out with a handful every generation. Uh, Xbox has like maybe you know a, another handful every generation. That's pretty much it. Everything else comes to everything else. So yeah, pretty much like 
Yeah. It's just it, it is it is where we're, it is the the way the uh, the way we are going with less exclusives to being which console. Which honestly, now that crossplay is becoming it's not it's not universal yet. It's far from it. But now that it's becoming kind of more of a thing than it used to be, I think there's there's room for certainly for some um, for some exclusivity. Like I like if a game is not exclusive to that console, then there should now be no issue of like you know little Timmy gets. Overwatch 2 for his Xbox, and then his best friend Little Tommy has it for PlayStation 5, and they can play together. That should just be, like, something that's just, like, happens. You know, if it's not exclusive to the console, they should be able to play together, period. I hope we eventually get to the point where that's a reality as well. Nah, fuck them hoes. <laughs> if you want to play with me, fucking PlayStation. Should have joined Team Xbox, Tommy. <laughs> Sucks that was suck. a joke. If you want to play with me, get a fucking Steam Deck. I'm only playing PC <laughs> games from now on. Fuck those fucking consoles. I don't give a shit. No, I'm, j I'm totally joking. That was all a joke. I, I mean, you have to be like, you can't play a lot of the games on the Steam Deck. Like, Dead by Daylight. Yeah. That's a really battle mission. We'll talk about one day we'll talk about uh, the Steam Deck because uh, it's very strange. It's in a very strange place to me. Uh, but uh, right now we're going to talk about President Joe Biden's student loan cancellation. So I don't know if you guys heard. <laughs> we're not going to talk about that. Yeah, I was like, we are? I was like, how's this game related? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, but I am going to talk very briefly, actually, about um, Phil Spencer and the uh, Activision Blizzard uh, deal approval and by very briefly i'm just going to read a portion of this mm -hmm. um, uh, he does say that discussions have been v seeming very positive uh, for this acquisition and he hopes that more cross play among platforms will come from it um uh and here is a quote from him uh specifically talking about um Activision cleaning up its act um, and unionization. He said, I believe they're committed to that, Spencer said during the interview. When I look at the work that they're doing now, there's always more that can be done, but I believe from the studio leaders there that I know very well, some of them former Xbox members, that they're committed to this journey, and I applaud that regardless of the deal. And that's him talking about um, Activision Blizzard cleaning up their act. As far as unionization, he said, I, I've never run an organization that has unions in it, but what I can say in working through this is we recognize workers' needs to feel safe and heard and compensated fairly in order to do great. Uh, we definitely see a need to support the workers and the outcomes that they uh, that they want to have. Um, but it's all just, you know, lovely PR stuff. Yeah. Which essentially, you know, is something you'd have to say anyway, just to, you know, get that out there. Um, Mas Masahiro Sakurai is creating his own YouTube channel um, that is going to be all about creating games. It is now currently live and it'll give you behind the scenes, behind the scenes glimpses into various aspects of game development. Um, of course, the wonderful guy behind uh, the Smash Bros. series there making his own uh, how to game develop youtube channel so that'll be fun um any comments on that one i do because i actually this surprised me because i was getting up this morning i got up like a little earlier than normal for whatever reason and i just saw this notification it's like what he created a youtube channel so of course i checked it out like pretty much right then and there because i had a little extra time and i watched all three of his videos because they're not long they're like 
like the first one I think is like three minutes and then the other two are like four and three minutes. Like they're not long videos and that was his intention because he didn't want them to go too long, you know, to like bore people. So yeah, basically, you know, he wants to, it's less how to make games and more like his design philosophies in making said video games. Like he doesn't go into like techno stuff like coding or anything like that. Just more like, just like general stuff that if you're in, if you're, if you are a game developer, this will be interesting information. If you just like games, this is interesting information basically. Um, so, you know, he did the introduction to his channel. That's the first video he has there. Second one is basically his resume, basically every game that he's like, that he was like directed as well as other projects that he like directed, like the Famitsu column that he was doing for like a decade or and a half. Um, but the actual the first video in his in the series is talking about like hit stun or hit stop, I guess is how he describes it. Where basically, when a character gets hit, like they they'll stop moving for a little bit. And he showed an example of like he was like attacking Ryu in Super Smash Brothers, showing what the hit stun like. You know, he's taking damage, so he's just not moving. But if you just showed, but he did an example like what if it wasn't there? So he would just get hit, and then he just kind of flies off stage, like there's no impact whatsoever, and it just feels bad. And he was showing an example of like the shoot, of, 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 of uh, like the shooting game where a guy, you know, he dies, like the the explosion, uh, the, the, his ship explodes, and this game just keeps going without him. And he doesn't like that in game design because it's like if you die, it should matter. So it's just like, oh, he dies, like, wait, what killed me? And then the game just keeps going on without you, basically. So he showed an example of that, like, the guy dying and nothing happened. An example of the character dying and the screen stopped for a second, so you actually noticed that it happened. Stop, and then a screen shake, so you really feel it. And his personal favorite, uh, get hit, the screen this stops, and it slows down, so you really feel that you died. So he feels that like that's an important thing in game design because if you die or if you're defeating or uh, the other side defeating your opponent, it should matter. Like it should like that's an important moment. Moment like that take your time basically. So just from that first video, I'm excited to see more of this because it was very it was very ground level stuff. Like as as someone who I like games, I don't make them. So just watching that video, just like seeing his philosophy on that was very interesting. And if you are a fan of those like um. Super Smash Brothers directs that he did where he went over the characters. It's very much in that same format, just way shorter. Like, he has some top-notch editors making these videos that he's not really even profiting from. Like, he said he wanted to make, like, his first video says, you know, I'm going to keep doing this, and it's going to get, and it's going to cost money, but, you know, I think it's important that developers should know this. Like, so he's doing it as, like, a favor to, like, the game developer. He just wants this information out there. And I think that's very cool of him to just want to, like... This is a passion project that he's literally not profiting from. He's losing money on this, if anything. But he still wants to do it just for, like, to help game developers. And I think that's really cool that he's doing this. It sounds like, from what you said, the Kingdom Hearts got it right because they do all of the above. But also... Yes, they, he, I think he, like, referenced Kingdom Hearts in that as well. Like, especially, like, in, you know, when you defeat a boss Kingdom Hearts, how it's, the screen yeah. just slows down. Like, screen shape, slow down, like everything you mentioned. All of that. But also... He may not be making money now, but very soon, I'm sure he will. He, um, on hour one, had 100,000 subscribers. Yeah, like I'm very sure on he will be making both, money soon. On both the English and... Because he, he made two separate channels. He made one, an English one, where everything is translated into English, and one for the Japanese audience. And both YouTube channels got 100,000 views, uh, 100,000 uh, subscribers in like the first hour. I'm like, God, yeah, no, he'll, he'll, he'll probably make some money. <laughs> 
So something else that hasn't, uh, well, in a different vein, something that hasn't received too much attention, uh, because we like to talk tech as well, is that um, Apple has warned of a very serious security flaw for iPhones, iPads, and uh, Macs that can allow people to take over uh, full control of your devices. So uh, PSA. I think uh, Kelly, Kelly and I have iPhones. Um, Christy, who's not here, has iPads. Um, yeah, so yeah, this this uh, a hacker could potentially get full admin access to your device. It allows intruders to impersonate the device's owner and subsequently run any software in their name. Um, security experts have advised users to update affected devices, the iPhone 6S and later models, several models of the iPad, including the fifth generation and later, all iPad Pro models, and the iPad Air 2 and Mac computers running Mac OS Monterey. Um, the flaw also affects some iPod models. Um, so yeah, PSA, you got those? Do that update if you don't want your shit to go and have a hacker uh, break into your shit. Uh, the world's second biggest theater, China, uh, excuse me, chain, whoa, the world's second best biggest theater chain oh my god is filing for bankruptcy a uh, regal cinemas owner cineworld is preparing to file for bankruptcy within the next few weeks after the post-pandemic return to cinemas didn't prove as profitable as expected so for those of you that are going to regal cinemas they about to file for file for bankruptcy this is from ign.com written by ryan dinsdale the London-based center world is expected to file for bankruptcy in both the UK and US, having amassed $4.8 billion in debt. It operates more than 9,000 screens in 751 locations around the world, including Picture House and Cineworld World Cinemas in the UK and Ireland, Cinema C- City in Europe, Yes Planet in Israel, and Regal Cinemas in the US. It is the second largest theater chain in the world, following AMC, which has weathered post pandemic issues partly because of becoming a meme stock i was there Uh, (laughs) the company was allegedly relying on blockbuster films including the batman top gun maverick and thor love and thunder to bolster cinema admission sales but the current numbers are lower than anticipated cineworld also commented that there simply aren't enough films scheduled to be released in the coming months meaning a positive turn in profits isn't expected until the end of 2022 uh, quote, despite a general recovery of demand since reopening in April 2021, recent admission levels have been below expectations. These lower levels of admission are due to a limited film slate that is anticipated to continue until November uh, 2022 and are expected to negatively impact trading and the group's liquidity uh, position in the near term. End quote. Peace out, Regal Cinemas. Um, yeah. Like- that's so interesting because... I think it's I I have been to the movies once probably since the pandemic uh, twice actually I've been to the movies twice since like the pandemic lifted and people could go to the movies I've only been twice and this is like probably within like a year um, in the past year of 2022 um, and mostly because one it's expensive still like it doesn't like unless you have some form of like membership it's expensive uh uh, trying to get like a bunch of adults to go to a movie theater and everybody's gonna have to spend 15 dollars minimum to sit down without eating without doing anything else and you got to drive there you got to get there um the reason i haven't been going is because a lot of films 
end up on streaming services and it does not take too long for them to get there, aka the Batman. I wanted to see the Batman. I was considering going to see it in theaters with friends. And then I was like, you know what? You guys come to my house on Friday evening, buy some popcorn from our local the uh, local like uh, shop, grab some snacks, and meet me at my house at 7 p.m. And we will watch the Batman together on a subscription service that I pay $10 a month for, HBO Max. And um, we don't have to worry about nasty seating. We don't have to worry about, you know, like any COVID, monkeypox, nothing. We're all like, you know, vaccinated, ready to go. Everybody's healthy. I can lice all down my house, if anything. I know these people. Um, so it, it, it makes sense to me that we're in this situation because it, uh, we're all, uh, I say this loosely, but basically in the U.S. we love, uh, uh, what's the term? Uh, what's that term? Convenience is not the word I'm looking for, but I'll use it that way. We all love convenience, right? Like, who wants to cook when you can drive to McDonald's or Burger King or whatever? If or get it delivered. Feel- I, I, that was my next point. Who wants to cook if you can get it delivered? Who wants to go grocery shopping if you can get it delivered? Who wants to leave their house if you can watch the watch the sh- the movie at home? Especially if you spent like me a shit ton of money on a really nice TV, you're gonna want to use that shit all the time. I am blessed enough to have a good TV and a and a sound system, um, and I I want to use it because I paid a lot of money for it. So it makes sense to me. But yeah, what do you guys think? Um, go ahead, Kelly. I've seen like three movies since 2020, seriously, and I used to go to the movies like quite a bit. Um, yeah. Because nothing's really out. Like, I saw Scott Pilgrim vs. the World was re released in theaters. I saw that. That movie came out 10 years ago. Like, that was not anything new. Um, I saw The Batman, and I saw one other movie that I can't even remember. Um, <laughs> what? I don't I, I'm trying to think of what it was. I don't know. But like, there's just not been stuff out for me, personally. I don't really. Um, I, I would have gone and seen Jurassic World or a horror movie. Like, horror movies in theaters are amazing. But I thought I had seen... Actually, there was it was a horror movie, I think, that we saw. I don't know. Whatever. It Chapter <laughs> 2 came out in 2019, so I know it wasn't that. But I saw that in theaters. Mm. It was amazing. Um, but, like, Same. yeah, that's all I'll go see, really, is horror or, like, a Jurassic World, which I didn't go see it. I don't know why. I would have. Um, normally, I don't know, maybe it was COVID. I, I just, I don't, I don't know. I haven't really gone to the movies. Like I said, we saw the Batman and something else and Scott Pilgrim versus the world, but that's been in the last three years. That's probably all the movies I've seen once a year. I used to go to the movies at least like maybe once every two months or something, yeah. you know, we used to see quite a few movies. Yeah. Um, I mean, you're basically quoting what the article said, which is that there aren't movies coming out. Um, and there won't be any movies. They literally were like, yeah, we don't have anything to show. People are not going to come see movies because there aren't any movies until the end of this year. And uh, running these, running like all these theaters is costing money that they're not making back. Uh, Brandon, you were saying something about it? Yeah, well, going to, I'll talk about my general movie preferences in a second. But talking about Regal specifically, uh, it's crazy that something so, the, yeah, that it is the second biggest movie chain in the, in the, I guess, the, the, like, at least in North America, but I guess the, the past that as well, is going out of business. AMC was doing, was having some trouble for a while too, but then a few movies came out and that got them pretty much back on track. But yeah, 
I, but I personally haven't been to a Regal Cinema in like in like ages because there's like none close to me. I go to uh, there's two theaters I go to. There's like one called I don't know how big this chain is. I think it originated in Mexico. It's called Sinopolis. It's like literally like 20 minutes from where I live. And then also I'm relatively close to Disney Springs, which has an AMC, so I go to that as well. It depends on what what I want to see, what showings are available. And uh, speaking personally, I do have like a membership to the AMC, so I get like all these different movies, all, all like uh, to go. But no, I, I go to the movies like pretty often. But I do agree that it's it hasn't been as much. Like I like I, I have still managed to go quite frequently because I have I'm interested in just like seeing a lot of different movies on the big screen. But no, I definitely understand why the movie industry is is is, hard, is having hardships because yeah, like you like's been said, there's not as many movies that are. There's not as movies coming out, many movies coming out that people are willing to go see in the big screen, and that brings me to the second point that, like you guys said, it comes on streaming services. Like, I feel bad for um the later latest Pixar movies because like they come to Disney Plus like really soon. Like for a while they were coming to Disney Plus exclusively, and then Lightyear that was in the Disney Plus a month later, which uh, like, you know. Like they, 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 that was their first Pixar movie back in theaters, and it was in Disney Plus. And now, uh, next month, Thor: Love and Thunder is coming to uh, Disney Plus, and that was in theaters like last month. So that's like a two month turnaround. You only have to if if you're not if you're not a diehard Marvel fan, you only have to wait a month and a half to see the latest Marvel movie in the comfort of your home. So that's also discouraging people. I'm surprised. Like, I'm surprised that these movies are still having. Uh, the the box office sales successes they are when you th- when you see like stats like that but uh, you know rip rip regal I haven't been there in forever but uh, you know there's other there's other theaters out there that will show show the movies that I like so you know it is what it is. Speaking of Top Gun Maverick, now like I think recently was the highest grossing movie. Um, it made more than all those other films, and I mean it's also because yeah. of what you said. They're all coming. I do have some theories about why that is. I, I actually saw Top Gun Maverick in theaters as well because my dad really wanted to see it because he saw the original, and I, and I actually caught the original. I had never seen the original Top Gun. Uh, like before, like before it came out, but it was on Netflix, so I caught it like literally the day before it left Netflix and went to Paramount Plus. So I'm like, Haha, gotcha. So I, I got to see it. Top Gun is very much a movie of its time. It was fine, but it was very much a movie of its time. Maverick, I feel like did a good job of like. Uh, I promise I'm not gonna spend too long on this. Maverick did, I feel, did a good job of like balancing nostalgia with also feeling like modern. But anyway, the reason why I think Maverick did so well, besides the fact that it's like you know. It's a sequel to a very nostalgic movie that a lot of people loved at the time. And I can tell you when I went to the theaters, it was a full theater. And I had never seen a full theater full of, like, just people that were clearly over the age of 50. Like, mm-hmm. like normally when I go into, like, a theater full of people, it's usually, like, young people. Like, I see the Marvel movies day one, so it's, like, full of, like, young people that are, need to see these Marvel movies day one, right? But no, the, the, that theater was full of just like this, like older folks, like people that clearly loved the original and wanted to see it in theaters. So I, I feel, and those are people that, you know, well, I don't want to generalize, but a lot of the older folks probably don't have those streaming services. They probably still use cable and whatnot. So having access to Thor, uh, sorry, Top Gun Maverick on a streaming service is probably just not an option for them. So if they don't see it in theaters, they just don't see it or they'll get the DVD. But they want to see the movie. They're, they've been excited for this sequel for like however many years it's been since the last one. So I feel like that's why that movie, that movie in particular, is doing well because it appeals to an audience that really 
wants the theater experience or it needs that theater experience for that particular movie. Um, I don't know if the movie would have done as well in uh, in a time where COVID didn't happen. Maybe it would have, but it it, sa- it stands out as success, I think, for those reasons. Yeah, I mean, partially, you know, I, I agree with what you said, as in, like, you can't go see it on a streaming service currently. Like, it's not one of those that's going to come immediately, so you're, mm-hmm. you are going to have to go. Uh, but I, I will say also that you mentioned that it, it's sad for Pixar. Um it might be, but it's not so bad for consumers. Uh, oh, yeah, because no, sure. Just trying to get, like, a gaggle of children to a movie theater. If you haven't tried it, I don't recommend it. Oh, don't boy. have more than two I, children. I, t- I, took, um, I took my nephew to go see um, uh, League of Super Pets, the DC movie with the rock voice and crypto. And that was an interesting mm-hmm. experience. It's been, it's, it's been a while since I w- went to an animated movie that like wasn't Pixar, I guess I, I guess you could say, or Disney, or just regular Disney. So that was an interesting experience hearing all the kids just like to see the animals. But thankfully, we were far from them, so it didn't ruin my experience. Well, it, it, that's a that was a perfectly key movie, but you know, it is what it is. But yeah, something like the Buzz Lightyear movie, for example. I am not no we're we are staying home <laughs> like we are all staying home and sitting down and watching this it is much easier and much less expensive than trying to get four or five six kids together to take them all to the movie theater in the middle of you know covid still being a thing and monkeypox also being a thing and people just being assholes in general um and like trying to watch a film it is a lot of work uh, to get that many kids in a car and take them to a movie theater so it just it it I know it's bad for business, I guess, but it's really good for the consumer because we are going to sit down and turn on Disney Plus and we're all going to watch uh, Lightyear and we're going to enjoy it. And it's going to be like wonderful for the one-year-old, the two-year-old, the five-year-old, the eight-year-old, the 10-year-old, the 12-year-old, the 13-year-old, the 15-year-old maybe, but they probably wouldn't want to see it anyway, in which case play on your phone. I don't give a shit because I didn't pay $12 for you to see this. I paid $10 a month for all of us to watch it. So that's fine. Um, so I don't complain too much about things coming to streaming services quickly because it just it just works. Yeah. Um, it works. It's, uh, it's a it's a new age. I I, um, I I I think my last statement I just want to say about this like yeah no it's ultimately I think it is a, I think where we're going now is ultimately a good thing for the consumers having the ability to um, watch their favorite movies from the streaming services that they pay for. Um, I just hope that there's not too many other theaters that suffer the same fate as Regal because. While there's, of course, while this is definitely the future, you know, people having been able to see their favorite movies from the comfort of their home, I, I would hate if we just lost the cinema experiences because there is something, there is a joy to going to see that it, that it with uh, people that are excited for that movie and seeing it on a big screen with those with those sounds. So I just hope it doesn't die. I, I hope they can coexist. And Regal dying is not a good sign of that, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, I don't think it's gonna be. I don't think it's gonna happen. Um, so modding websites have taken a stance against anti-LGBTQ plus content. Uh, major video game modding website Nexus Mods and ModDB have taken a public stance against an anti-LGBTQ plus content after a Spider-Man PC mod aimed to remove every p- pride flag in the game. Nexus Mods, a website in which users can share their custom content for PC games, initiated the movement after an established user created a new account, branded a sock puppet, to upload the anti-LGBTQ plus content, which swapped out the rainbow pride flag for the American flag. The mod was subsequently removed. 
The user who Nexus Mods called a coward had both their new and old account banned, with the creation of the Sock Puppet account making it a very easy decision. Quote, if this policy upsets you, if we've broken some moral code of conduct as a business that you can't accept, then please delete your account and move on as we will. Um, the fact that uh, the user needed to make a sock puppet like a coward to upload the mod showed their intent to troll and that they knew it would not be allowed. Had they not been a coward and had they used their main account instead, we would have simply removed the mod and told them that we did not want to host it, only banning them if they re-uploaded it again after being fairly warned. That was the post from Nexus Mods. Um, they made it very clear that it will take similar action against any similar case in the future, saying that we are for inclusivity we are for diversity and as a private business we have a right to choose what content we do and do not want to host on our platform we don't want to argue um this with you we've now explained our stance and we won't be providing a platform for you to distort our position in order to feed an irrational and paranoid narrative you can do that elsewhere where we won't care enough to read it um yeah okay nexus mods let's fucking go um mod db also followed suit and removed the same spider-man mod and banned the user behind it uh quote mod db is an inclusive environment for all and we do not permit targeting marginalized groups um our content moderation is largely automated but when we identify we have a zero tolerance policy for this kind of content um yeah so that is for uh spider-man that is a very detailed explanation of how they feel about that. How do you guys feel about that? Uh, (laughs) Screw the homophobes. That's pretty much all I got to say about that. I think I, like, I'm just so shocked that they were just, like, they went into so much detail. Like, we don't care. We've, like, if you want to go somewhere, we're not even going to read it. Do whatever you want. Like, but don't bring your bullshit here. Um, I thought that was pretty fucking awesome. That was pretty cool. Uh, And also just to take a stand against something like this was also pretty intense, I believe, because people are allowed to almost do anything with mods. Like, you can download any type of mod for any type of game, install it, and do whatever the flip you want. Um, So to see someone make a stance against, you know, something that is just changing a flag, which, you know, I don't don't say just changing a flag to seem so flippant about it. it. Um, But uh, for something that can be considered by some people to be so small for it to have such a huge reaction... um, I think is just noteworthy of where we're going uh, within this industry for private, privately owned businesses that have the right to do these types of things. Like, that's crazy. <laughs> like, I literally, that's that's crazy, amazing. Um, just to because you know, you can like I mentioned, you can make whatever you want, but um, for for two companies that run these mod sites to be like, no, we don't accept that. Like, no, that's not okay. That's awesome. And I hope that they're able to keep this up with any other type of um, issues that come out um, regarding, you know, marginalized groups and uh, mods that come up. Um, I just thought it was really awesome. So something else that I thought was really awesome, since you guys have nothing on that one, is that the DualSense Edge controller is coming out, guys. I know I said I wouldn't talk about anything for Gamescom, but we all have PS5s. Um, this controller is, it allows you to basically set it up how you want. Um, 
It's highly customizable. It allows you to set uh, bespoke control mappings and even deactivate specific buttons. Uh, it's very much similar to the DualSense, but it has a few extra elements uh, to bring up that premium standard. Um, you can expect swappable thumbstick caps, adjustable dead zones, um, uh, paddle switches are on the back. Uh, there's a new surface beneath the analog sticks. They literally showed a video of them like removing uh, the parts and replacing them with customized parts to really just fit the way that you want to play. Um, I don't have an Elite controller from Xbox, um, so I don't know how well these things work. Um, but I might just get a DualSense Edge controller. Um. Oh. Uh, so, um, <laughs> how do you guys feel about this new cool DualSense Edge controller? Is it is it enticing? Do you care about adjusting your controllers? Is your controller fine the way it is? Are you happy with the DualSense? Is it comfortable? Is it something you need? Something you don't need? Something you're interested in? Let me know. Um. I don't. Go ahead. Really. Sorry, I don't really play my PS5 that much. Uh, we use it mostly for just watching TV and stuff. Um, but, I mean, the Elite controller I always liked. So I feel like if I was going to start playing again on the PS5, I would definitely want this because it is great. But I feel like, for me, it would have to be like specific to certain games. Like, if I was going to be playing Call of Duty and need some hair triggers, that would make sense. But, like... I've been playing It Takes Two or Little Big Planet or something. Like, I don't really need like a modded controller to play those. For me, all of that stuff that they showed in that video looks really cool. But if I'm being perfectly honest, like a lot of the a lot of the terms that they were saying in the trailer and the terms that you had said to explain said controller to us was pretty much mumbo-jumbo jargon to me. I was just like, uh, customizable what? Do, huh? What? I'm cool with what I have. Like, like, this, uh, this is like, like cool to those who know exactly what they want with their controller and exactly how they want to play their game. I'm good with what I got, man. Like, the DualSense is perfectly fine for me. Like, I don't need to, like, really adjust anything. I've had no issues with the games that I play on PlayStation 5. Like, this... Like, despite me being a gaming enthusiast that does play a, a decent amount on the PS5, not as much lately because Switch game backlog has been really big lately. But even so, just like no, no, nothing has has caused me any issues. I'm in, I'm happy with what I have. So cool for those who want it. It's not me though. Speaking of things we don't want, I don't want that Killer Clowns from Outer Space game because it looks really creepy. Um, there were a ton of announcements at Gamescom. Huh? No, I was just like, come again? What, what game? Killer Clowns from Outer Space? Killer Clowns from Outer Space! It was announced at Gamescom along with a bunch of other things that we aren't going to talk about. However, um, if there is anything that you guys saw at Gamescom that you do want to bring up or anything else that you want to talk about before we end the podcast, please... Feel free, whether it's about video games or not. I want to talk to you guys. Uh, I'll be honest, like I, I like there's a lot of Gamescom stuff that I need to catch up on. I did see the Sonic Frontier story trailer. It looks really good. Um, the gameplay, the gameplay literally looks every looks better every time they show it. If I'm being just quite frank, um, and people that have gotten hands on are saying they're really enjoying it. It really makes me hopeful that this will be a solid that this will be a solid 
Sonic game, which is something that series desperately needs to have a solid game because uh, it, it's been a little lacking lately. Uh, definitely getting the PlayStation 5 version when that comes out. Um, that Switch version, uh, it, it was looking a little crusty in that, in that shot, but it, if it at least functions, that's, that'll be cool. Also, I think it's hilarious that Sonic Frontiers is coming out. I don't remember exactly if it's like a day after or a day before uh, God of War Ragnarok. I've been seeing so many memes, so many memes about that. Like the most, the, the best meme that I've seen so far is from a Family Guy, where Joe is like stuck in like a driveway, and a giant rat is about to eat him. And even though he's just like stuck in place, Joe's like, "Come on!" And people are putting Sonic Frontiers representing Joe, just like being helpless <laughs> before God of War Ragnarok, but they're still gonna fight it anyway. It's just like, all right. I mean, I like, am so unfamiliar with this meme. You'll have to show it to me. I will show it to you, but the but the general gist of it is like basically like. <laughs> People are saying, hey, God of War is coming out in November. Maybe we should move our dates out. And we all Sonic Frontier is just like, let's go! That's the general gist of that meme, basically. That it just doesn't care. <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen. On one hand, it's God of War. But on the other hand, like Sonic has a huge fan base. Like I feel like the overlap between the both fan bases is not as big as many people may think. Or if there is, they'll probably just get both. I don't know. Honestly, Sonic Frontiers didn't. We talked about this. The developer was just like, "Y'all are wrong. Our game is great." So I'm pretty sure they don't care about. God yeah, why the hell would they care about if they, <laughs> they don't like, care about anything? Okay. Our, our game, our, our game is fantastic. You're going to love it. You're sure. <laughs> yeah, they don't care about anything. Um, blah blah. So, um, last thing I'm gonna talk about then. Um, I was. I was actually going to talk about uh, student loans um, and what Joe Biden said today, um, if I had extra time. But that's not the last thing I'm going to talk about. Uh, I am one more thing. Uh, the Nintendo of America's testers said that they faced years of sexual harassment. Um, the, this is from Kotaku.com. Female game testers at Nintendo had frat house experiences within a gaming company known for its wholesome image. Two years ago, a contract game tester named Hannah not her real name, had a harrowing experience that led her to quit her dream job at Nintendo of America after nearly a decade. Several employees had created a group chat on Nintendo's Microsoft Teams server called The Laughing Zone. It was supposed to be a lighthearted place for coworkers to share memes with one another. That changed when a male translator was added to the group soon. He posted Reddit screenshots about why Vaporeon was the best Pokemon to have sex with. Hannah was disgusted by the explicit descriptions. When the conversation turned to Genshin Impact, the translator posted a gif of Paimon, a child character in the game. He posted about how it's okay to be sexually attracted to Paimon despite the character's childlike appearance, voice, and personality. Hannah screenshotted the sexual comments and attempted to escalate the situation with Aerotech, the staffing company she was contracted under while working at the Redmond Washington headquarters. Quote, Nintendo was almost like a nightmare. It's sad because I love Nintendo. I grew up with the Nintendo. I was so excited to join Nintendo when I first got there and I thought I was going somewhere, she said. Um, I, had, I had my supervisors telling me I was doing such a good job. But by reporting the incident, she had set off a chain of events that led her to quit her job testing Nintendo's games. Um, Nintendo is not the only company that uses contract labor to test games, but it's one of the most profitable. A corporate representative report showed that net sales of its properties from April 2020 to March 2021 totaled over $13 billion. Contract workers are essential uh, part of making the company such enormous profits. Um, the problem was that the women were both underrepresented among contractors, but also not often hired into full-time roles. 
Five sources who worked at Nintendo estimated that the percentage of women contractors in testing hovered at around 10% based on the headcount on their own teams. In some projects that sources worked on with several dozen team members, women on the team would number in the single digits. This discrepancy can be explained by the fact that many Nintendo games were not tested by staff who were classified as Nintendo employees. There were employees who worked under the contracting company Aerotech. But even among full-time employees, 37% of Nintendo America's salaried employees are women, and only 23.7% of its managers are women globally. Um, yeah, what a great story to end on. I was thinking that myself. I was like, oh, this is how we're ending. Uh, uh, great. <laughs> great, so can we talk about student loans then? Or do you guys have something to say about this? Uh, no, it just kind of sucks that, like, assholes ruin the experience for for people. This is this is a, a story that we've covered with different companies in various different forms. I don't think anyone is immune to it, unfortunately, because no matter where you work, there's going to be assholes there that unfortunately have more power than you and it's just a ter- and it's just a terrible situation and it costs someone their dream job it's a feel bad story that's all i can really say about that all i'm gonna say is uh nothing actually i was gonna say something but i don't feel like i should say it so never mind what it's nothing negative um no i was just gonna i was just gonna mention that like I think this kind of unfairly puts a, and I, and I don't mean this in like the wrong way, but I think it kind of unfairly puts a light on Nintendo because it does mention that, you know, these contract workers are working for Aerotech and this person was brought in, but it makes it seem like uh, the article, like the way the article is written makes it seem like Nintendo is the bad guy here when it happens to be specific, like bad people in a bad situation with testers that don't work for Nintendo. Yeah. Um, that's more or less how I took yeah. it anyway. Not not saying Nintendo but, is immune from, from toxic culture itself, but no, I Yes, I exactly. That's I, why I, I was gonna say I didn't want to say it because I don't want it to seem like it's okay because it's still not okay because we're still looking at the amount of women that are working at Nintendo and why it's still not necessarily a safe place and how those percentages are horrible within Aerotech but also within Nintendo as a company. So I, I, that's why I was like, because mm, I didn't want it to seem like I'm saying it, Nintendo's not at fault because at the same time they totally are. <laughs> I feel like the article was written that way on purpose so that they you would see Nintendo and sexual harassment or discrimination or whatever and click on it like... <gasps> Nintendo did what? But it's it's contracted workers, which I mean, you work for that other company. You don't even really work for Nintendo. But um, yeah, that's um, pretty devastating to hear how many people work there that are classified as women. That's kind of sad. But color being not surprised. I have a STEM degree, and I was in the twenty five percent. Supposedly, I never saw. 25% women in my classes, but supposedly the demographics were 25% women, so. This just makes me feel like I'm back in college. <laughs> uh, I wish, oh my god, I wish there was a percentage of the amount of black people that got English degrees when I did, because I swear to y'all, I'm the only person. Like, I'm you, the could only probably, you could probably look up the demographic data 
Now I'm getting, I'm getting, I'm getting my master's in English and it's like all women. So I'm like the opposite now. I'm in the majority. That's amazing. That is amazing. Uh, It was kind of like there were, when I was there, you know, there was definitely a split of uh, men and women, Uh, but I think it was also mostly women at like the time that I was doing my degree, but like I was legitimately the only black guy there in every fucking class very annoying Uh, but speaking of school i'm gonna do it because we're still here and i got a few minutes um so for anyone who doesn't know um the uh biden administration has uh detailed their student loan debt relief plan which is going to be uh a there's going to be a final extension on the student loan repayment pause um that final extension is until december 31st 2022 so for and this is important because i know that a lot of people within the age range that listen to this uh podcast by demographic are between um 18 and 35 so y'all are in that college age range y'all know what i'm talking about um yeah so there the pause on student loan repayments will uh no longer be in effect come december 31st 2022 with payments resuming in january 2023 so you've got a few more months on that pause for not having to pay back student loans and then you're gonna have to pay those suckers back because joe biden today said it's time for y'all to start paying like that's almost a quote from him he said it legit i was watching um uh and the pause will occur automatically um so you don't have to do anything they're just going to be like pay us our money um there is going to be targeted debt relief for low and middle income families they say but it's mostly for middle income families because when he was talking about it he basically said middle uh, middle class uh families it is going to be a total of if you make under $125,000 for individuals or $250,000 for married couples, you will, uh, you will receive up to $10,000 in uh, loan relief and uh, $20,000 if you received a Pell Grant in college. Um, if you did not receive a Pell Grant in college and you meet the minimum uh, income threshold, you will be eligible for up to $10,000 in debt cancellation. Um uh 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 i think that was like the big stuff oh there was a public service loan forgiveness program that now i believe you only have to uh if you work in public service and you pay your loans for 10 years then um you don't have to pay anymore um there's a five percent um uh discretionary income monthly uh requirement for repayment of loans down from the previous 10 percent that it was um and that is uh, discretionary income as in after you've already paid like bills and everything whatever's left over that's down to five percent so yay you don't have to pay as much um freaking forgive loan balances after 10 years of payments or uh instead of the 20 years that it was for borrowers with loan balances of twelve thousand dollars or less so if you can pay that bad boy off in um uh, less time than that um yeah anyway that's enough of that. Definitely go check it out. It is going to be automatic for those of you who have student loans. Um, if you qualify and your information is there, it's going to just happen. You can go to uh, studentaid.gov and some other websites to figure out more on that. Um, and now you can all go get degrees in uh, video game tech. Since you like listening to <laughs> yeah, the podcast and about You had to spend the gaming stuff or something. Make it about the podcast. Yeah, you can totally go do that. Um, I, I to bring this up so i i i had to bring this up specifically because i am one of those people that is affected by uh student loans and um, i don't know if kelly and brandon you guys are um but sometimes you just gotta bring hard topics to the people see you got you neither one of you are neither one of you have student loans um my boyfriend does no i didn't i didn't take any student loans are you gonna have to for your master's 
No. My job offers tuition reimbursement. Get a job that does tuition <laughs> reimbursement, guys. Like, um, don't yeah. be like me. Yeah, but I would also just pay for it. Um, it's like $2,000 a semester. I, I could just, I mean, I don't want to have to pay for it, but yeah. Uh, I would if I had to. Job like Kelly, where you can afford to pay two thousand dollars a semester. <laughs> Don't be like me. Um, <laughs> but my no, my boyfriend has student loans and he refinanced, so I don't think he qualifies for any of this, which is sad because he's been paying for a long, long time. Um, mm. Obviously, I'm still gonna look into it, and he can like put in applications, and if they reject him, fine. But um, that really does suck. I'm pretty sure if you've refinanced, you're not eligible. Um, but then again, if you refinanced, you get out from under some of those really predatory loan practices, which is the reason that people still owe so much. Like yeah. it's really the predatory, uh, interest rates and fees and everything. And like how much of your payment goes to the actual payment is like disgusting. So if you get out from under those, he's paid more in like the last few years than he had paid in like the 10 years before he owed like more money. It was, it was crazy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is, people are saying it's not enough. And I'm like, who else has ever forgiven student loan debt? Like who, what other president has it, ever okay. even cared? Like, I just, I'm so happy that people are able to like get money and help pay off their student loans. Like, I don't know people are saying this isn't enough, pay it all. Like, okay, this is a good starting point. I'm going to just not lie about that. I'm one of those people that said it's not enough. Um, Proudly. You're, that's um, fine. I just like, like I said, I'm just, I've never in my life seen anybody forgiven any student debt, really. So I'm just like, yay. Yeah, well, I will. The only reason that I say that it's not enough is because one, this was a campaign promise that was not necessarily fulfilled. Period. Yeah. Like this is, he's going to say that this is fulfilling it. It kind of is not what the promise was, number one. Um, number two, most people don't have that discretionary income to be able to pay back like student loans period even if it's at a five percent um there are people that are still affected from things like long covid who are now going to have to not be able to work but still have to pay back student loans and like how does that even work there's no there's no help for that um i am in a social class in which five percent of what I make is still going to be too much to try to pay towards student loans with the current job that I have. I and, and a lot of people are also in situations in which they take out loans to get a degree and then those degrees, even master degree master's degrees are not paying um, what a school would promise they would pay. And then they're still stuck in, like you mentioned, a very um, predatory type of loan situation so now you're you're owing a lot of money and you're paying the rest of your life for something that you feel like you aren't going to be, be able to pay off because you were told to go to college to be able to make more money so um when when you vote for someone and you assume that something's going to happen and, and then you know when you have 50 60 70 thousand dollars and you're making under 125 dollars a year and uh and, uh, and you get $10,000 off of that, that's basically going to come back in interest in the next two years. So I understand why people can feel like it's not enough. However, I also understand why some people would say, you know, this is never, and you're correct, this has never happened before. We've never gotten loan forgiveness before. This is the first time and it is, um, it is definitely a step forward, but it's also a very strategic step forward to do in the middle of like uh, primary voting in Florida, 
which I hope you guys did, because if you didn't and you're listening in Florida, that shit was yesterday and it's too late to vote now. Um, and it's uh, very much a vote for me uh, for another uh, couple of years type move. So uh, everything's just very strategic and it doesn't feel genuine. And some people, you know, like I mentioned, it's $10,000 is absolutely nothing in the grand scheme of things when you're not able to get that job or make that money. Like I, $10,000 is not going to do very much for me. Um, I have two jobs. Technically, I have three jobs currently, and still 5% of my uh, discretionary income is, like, going to be a hit. Like, it's not going to be nothing. And by January, I'm going to now have to figure out a way to pay that. And I didn't even finish the second degree that some of my loans are for. And that was also something he mentioned. Um and I I do I have an English degree and I went back to get another degree but like I didn't even finish that degree because I couldn't afford it and now like I just have like loans piling up without a degree to a second degree to my name to be able to say like yeah I paid for that but this is the money I, I like this is what it's for um, and that's why I'm in games journalism because I got an English degree and look at all the money I'm not making look at this empty room that I'm in <laughs> and I brought it back to video games see. Be like me. Be a really cool games journalist and just eat ramen. It'll be oh, fine. Eat ramen and play games. Especially with uh, get credit cards to buy all the games, <laughs> and then you won't be able to pay the credit cards because then you have to pay back your student loans. But it's okay. It's fine. Everything's because fine. Everything's going great. <laughs> Everything's fine because you'll be able to play video games in the meantime. And uh, what time is it? Oh, okay. I am gonna bring up the the Steam Deck really quickly. Um, it's cool. I have one now, so I can talk about it a little bit. It's cool. However, I don't have many games to play on it, and um, it's very strange because, from what I understand, and Kelly, you might be able to get, tell me more about this. You've had yours longer, but from what I understand. There are there are games on the Steam Deck that are literally labeled for um that are labeled like playable and then they're labeled like great for Steam Deck. Like there are two different types of labels. Yeah, so for there's games. like there's like verified, which is like tested fine, and then there's like yellow where like you can do it and then there's even like another tier where like you can download it but we have no idea what's gonna happen um mm -hmm. there's like different levels and then there's like just unplayable i think there's literally like four categories um for oh, the different wow. games um yeah i mean you've seen them right the green check i've seen three i don't remember the seeing four. Um, i've seen the green the yellow and like the blank one yeah uh, so or like I the think, x that's like you can't yeah play. um so maybe there is only three but i some of them are just nothing but I feel like there's one that's like a, anyways. Um, yeah, I was disappointed because Dead by Daylight was on there maybe as like a yellow and it didn't work because of the anti-cheat software. Um, oh. So like I downloaded it and everything, but it didn't work. And you would think like, okay, don't let me download it then. Why are you letting mm -hmm. me? Like, I'm pretty sure you can just download almost anything. You from really the can. library, like you yeah. Can. You can. Um, yeah. But it might not work, which is frustrating. Um, but a lot of the games work well. I mean, honestly, my my boyfriend has a PC, and he was playing a game that he likes to play on PC on the Steam Deck, and it was running better. It was running mm. better than the PC. Like, it was great, but um, it's a, like a super small screen and stuff. Of course, it can run great. It looks great because it's tiny, you know? It's like the Switch. Like, 
Yeah, all right. You only have to make it this big. I think you can do it pretty all right, you know? <laughs> like, it only has to be this big. You can't fuck it up. Like, um, but also, I mean, they put a lot of processing power on the Steam Deck. Like, it's a good system, but um, I really don't play it that much. There's not much to, to play. Because, like, there's games that are handheld. Like, it works for the Switch because I expect to be able to play Mario Party or Mario Kart handheld. Like, I have been playing those games handheld for the longest time. Like, Kirby, Kirby's Dream Buffet. Like, that shit is, like, made for handheld. That shit is, like, mm -hmm. really fun. Simple. Some of the games on Steam Deck are not simple. Like, BeamNG has, like, a full PC interface, and you're, like, on a fucking, like, a Switch. Like, it's, how are we supposed to do this? My boyfriend's like, I don't know what to do. I mean, oh, it's touchscreen, at least, but yeah, it just, it feels really weird. I mean, I guess I'll get used to it, but it feels really weird. You know, I uh, have been, so I didn't know this, and that's why I wanted to talk about this. I had no idea that you could download anything on the Steam Deck that's in the Steam library, like Steam Store, literally anything, but you have no idea how it's going to work out, um, which I thought was just so strange. So, like, obviously, I'm, I'm new to the whole Steam Deck thing, um, but it's so weird because some games will say, like, verified, like Kelly mentioned, but then there are just some games that, like, like Dream Daddy, for example, you would assume that you can play Dream Daddy on the Steam Deck because like, why not? It's literally a visual novel and you can. But if you go on to the, the uh, yes, yes, Dream Daddy. Yes, I'm super gay. Um, <laughs> but if you go on to the, uh, if you go onto the store, it'll show up as a game that has like issues. Um, and it, it literally was like, we don't know if you can play this game. And I was like, but why? Like, it's a literally just a visual novel. Why would I not be able to play this game? I don't understand. And I played it and I was like, oh, it's totally fine. And it's just because there are so many games that haven't necessarily been verified, but that doesn't mean that they don't work. So it's a, it's such a weird system area thing to be in. Because then you'll have games like I, I got uh, Final Fantasy VI Pixel Remaster on uh, Steam and downloaded it for the Steam Deck. And I was like, yeah, it better fucking work because it's only on like PC and Steam. Like it has to work here. It's like a little pixel bullshit. Like it better fucking work. It requires nothing. And uh, I went to it and it was not verified. It was like that yellow thing that's like it may have issues. And I was like, why would it have issues? Like it's nothing. But then I realized that some of these issues are literally not Nothing. Like the issues that it labeled were just like text might be small. You might have to use the on-screen keyboard and that's it. And I'm like, it's not a fucking issue. That's literally like, as long as I can read it, that's fine. And the text has not been small so far. Like I can understand that the text being small can be an issue for certain games. Don't get me wrong. Um, but it turns out that sometimes the issue is a non-issue when it comes to uh, the Steam Deck. So it's been a really, I don't, I don't like game on a PC. So it's been a really weird situation to be in to try to figure out like what games I'm going to buy on it and what games I'm going to buy it just like on the Switch to just play through. But I will say it is more comfortable than holding a Switch for hours. Yeah. I actually, what's funny is that I looked up the different um, like categories and there are four. Okay. Ver verified, playable, unsupported, and untested. So, mm. like, as they get tested, they'll be tested, and then they'll hit one of those categories. 
And it's funny because I clicked on this and it's actually written by Wesley, this article I clicked on, <laughs> on the Steam Deck, which I thought was pretty funny. Yes. But, um, yeah, like the verified ones are fully functional. The playable are like, like you said, it'll just have like stuff that might be weird. Like if it has a PC interface, when you're on the Steam Deck, it might be weird, but they're not going to redesign the game for Steam Deck unless they want yeah. to, but games just a lot of these are like small developers they're not doing that like there's a lot of games like on steam that are just you know they're not they're done by like small developers they're not like recreating the game for steam deck um but yeah it's kind of something to get used to and you have to just be prepared to download a game and have it just not work at all like dead by daylight that's crazy because I would assume that like Dead by Daylight is one of those that you just download and it works. Like I, I was so it was like one of the games I was like gonna get back into because of the Steam Deck. Like I was like, oh, you I'm just gonna play, play Dead by go. Daylight. Yeah, because yeah. I don't want to really like play it on my PC or whatever. Like I just haven't been wanting to, so I was just gonna start playing it again, and I can't. And I'm like, well, then I guess I just won't be playing it. <laughs> you could always play it on the Switch. Oh my! Well, I don't want to pay for it. <laughs> oh, also and true. All the DLCs and everything. I'm not gonna rebuy all of those for the Switch either. Maybe if there's a sale. Yeah, yeah. That's also been another thing because I've wanted to play Final Fantasy VII Remake on the Switch. I, I mean, Steam Deck, and I was like, I don't want to pay seventy dollars for this fucking shit. <laughs> like, are you serious? Seventy dollars to play the game on a screen that like, and it's a big screen. Like, I, I I'm talking shit right now, but it's a it's like a decently sized it's a, screen. It's a nice screen, but. I don't know that anyone would pay seventy dollars to. Well, I guess people would because people are. So let me shut up. But anyway, well, a lot um, of people will also have a PC too. Like you just have the Steam Deck. Like I probably if if I didn't already have a Steam library and played on PC and already had a bunch of games and everything on Steam, I probably wouldn't have invested in the Steam Deck. Like I already had a library full of games. I didn't have to like find stuff to play on it immediately. Yeah. You know, but. Whereas I'm in the situation where I was like, okay, I have a very small Steam library, but that's because I didn't have PC, and so I wanted a Steam Deck so I could get into some of those other, like, PC-exclusive games. Um, and then I found out most of them are unverified. <laughs> so I was like, ah, ripperino. Uh, Brandon, are you yes. interested in ever getting a Steam Deck? Perhaps, but not at the moment. I'm, I, Is there I'm, a reason? Uh, yeah, because my Switch backlog is way too big, so if I want to play a handheld game, that's pretty much where I'm going to play it. <laughs> Brendan said, fuck Steam Deck. <laughs> it's all about the Switch. I mean, I agree with you. I hear you. I have the same issue, so I probably shouldn't have a Steam Deck on my own. Although, like, I, I did come to, like, a, today, actually. Was it today or yesterday? Yesterday, actually, I came to, like, a, an impasse because I was interested in getting Cult of the Lamb, but I couldn't decide whether to get it on Steam Deck or whether to get it on Switch. And uh, I chose Steam Deck. And the reason that I chose Steam Deck, also shout out to my beautiful wife who bought it for me because I'm a broke, struggling student. Um, The reason I chose Steam Deck is because it is literally more comfortable than the Switch. That's the only reason. I've been playing a lot of Digimon Survive, recently and uh holding the switch i usually play i usually play games on uh, how do you guys usually i'm i'm gonna end very soon i'm sorry but how do you guys when you play switch are you always playing handheld or like is it a mix of handheld and tv 
I will say for me recently, it's been more handheld lately just because of like my scheduling being what it is. It's just more convenient for me to play handheld. And when I play on my like my work break, for example, I'll actually like the tables are decently big where I work, so I just like stand it up and just like use the two Joy Cons and play it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't usually hold the Switch that much. Like I've I, I very rarely. Well, that's not true. If I'm like listening to like a podcast or a video then maybe i'll like have it held but i don't do that for very long but i do see what you're saying like when 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 it's being held eventually i do have to like kind of like switch positions it's not as comfortable as like having it set in like uh tabletop mode for that for that purposes i never thought it was an issue go ahead kelly i'm sorry no i i always play in handheld mode mostly because since I moved, I can't find my, like, controller, like, that you slide the <laughs> Joy-Cons oh, on. No. I can't oh, find dear. it. So, like, I can't stand to, like, hold them separately. It just, it feels wrong. So I just, like, play <laughs> handheld. Um, and also, I don't know, like, what would I, do you so, think I'm going to, I don't know, would you play Animal Crossing on, like, a 75-inch TV? It just seems so I silly. I 100% did, yes. I did it for stream purposes, but if I, but Almost like if I wasn't streaming Animal Crossing, I was playing a handheld. Like it, it was just a more of a yeah. for for, a game, for it was just a game that I would like have come to be like you play while I was doing something else is pretty much what it was for me. Also, just to what Kelly was saying, like where it feels wrong. Um, the I felt that way from the very beginning. I was just like, I don't know about this. But then I the thing, <laughs> is, the thing is, I was playing like a lot of RPGs. So the cool thing about RPGs because you don't have to like have it as like intense position. And, like I was just straight up like play my game, have my arms crossed, and still just do the inputs. Just like just like, like oh, oh yeah, like you're holding your yeah yeah, yeah for sure. Just, like, for it's, sure. It's, it's so comfy. <laughs> now, obviously, you can't do that if you're playing a more intense game. Like I like. Splatoon 3, which is coming out very soon. But for a game that's like, hey, just click your input to do what you want to do this turn, move on. Like Pokemon, Octopath, stuff like that. It's fine. Mm -hmm. It's perfect for that. Man, I was so disappointed because I usually play on TV. I I barely play handheld. But since I got the OLED, I was like, you know what? The screen is beautiful and I want to utilize it. And playing Digimon Surprise, that game is gorgeous because it's a visual novel, but it's like gorgeous, like on that OLED, like, Switch screen. Yeah. And then after playing for, like, 45 minutes, I was like, what? What's going on? Like, why is this uncomfortable? <laughs> like, what's happening? And I never understood why people said that holding the Switch handheld was, like, an uncomfortable thing because I never played that long handheld. And then when I finally started doing it, I was like, oh, this is bad design. Like, this is not... This is not a very comfortable situation. And now that I have the Steam Deck, um, I'm in a situation, I'm in a, a blessed situation in which I can choose, but I'm starting to feel like that comfort is kind of important. But at the same time, the Steam Deck is also kind of big. So trying to take that thing anywhere, I'm going to say lug, trying to lug that thing anywhere because it's kind of like kind of big is it also comes into play with choosing what games um you want to buy and i'm just talking i'm like i'm gonna shut up now because i'm a millennial who has all this money i have all these consoles i promise you guys i didn't pay for them um anyway with that lovely tangent of uh just per- some personal talks and switch steam deck nonsense I think it's about that time for us to end this bad boy because it's after 9.30. Um, So I will say, uh, please remember um, that we... Hold on a second. 
Sorry, guys. One second. Do, 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 do. I need to find the name of it before I... Okay, there it is. Yes. Um, so please remember that we now have a new Twitter account. HP Critical Plus um, is going to give you all the information for all of our streams, including the podcast, um, including all the streams that Brandon is uh, Brandon is doing. We got our Friday night streams. We got our Does It Hold Up um, episodes. Um, everything is going to be there. You can follow that at HPC Streams, uh, HPC S-T-R-E-A-M-S. Um, where you'll find updates on all of that stuff. Everything else from the website, hpcritical.com, is going to be up on the uh, HPCritical uh, Twitter that account that you already follow. Um, one of the things I was going to mention earlier is that we are not going to have a Patreon anymore. We are now going to be getting rid of our Patreon. So if you are a Patreon member and you're listening to this, you will not be charged come September. Um, we will be temporarily suspending our Patreon um, so also don't look for any Patreon packages. They will not be coming. Uh, because we will be temporary, temporarily uh, suspending our Patreon. However, if you do love what we're doing and you do still want to uh, contribute, um, please understand that you can um, sign up uh, on podcasts. Um, if you're listening through Apple and I believe Spotify, um, you can go in and subscribe specifically to the podcast. Um, you there should be an option there so that if you want to uh, uh, send money to the podcast crew directly to help us upgrade some of our shit, you can do that there. Um, also remember that if you have an Amazon Prime Twitch sub that you ain't giving to nobody else, we're here streaming every week, uh, multiple times a week. Brandon's here about four, three, four times a week. Uh, we're here once a week. Um, so you can definitely also do that to help us out because that's where our revenue is going to be coming from as our Patreon is temporarily closing. And that's the last announcement I have. Um, unless I missed anything, I don't think I did, but unless I missed anything, you guys have three seconds. Nope. All right, great. Uh, that was so, seconds, sir, but I'm good nonetheless. It was seconds from when I said seconds. Damn. And that was another three. Nobody said anything. Anyway, uh, thank you guys. Uh, Brandon, thank you, Kelly. Thank you, everyone who's uh, watching. Thank you, everyone who's listening. Apologies for not having a podcast for two weeks. Um, but we're back. And next week, uh, we're probably not going to have another like podcast to listen to, unfortunately, because we're going to be playing some games. But you can come by uh, twitch.tv slash hpcritical um, and watch us kick ass in multiverses with Gabe. And with that, that's it. Good night, everybody. Have a wonderful one. Good day, whatever time you're listening. Uh, we love you all. Come back next week or er, in, in perpetuity. Um, and goodbye. Bye, everybody. Bye.